What's going on, everybody? So I want to let everybody know about my new merch brand. Okay, so I just got one of my new t-shirts that came in yesterday. The reason why I created this brand was because I wanted everybody to think about allowing the stock market to pay for everything that you need. So if you want to go on vacation this summer or go on vacation later this year, don't pay for it, trade for it. If you need to pay for your daughter's tuition, don't pay for it, trade for it. If you want to get an investment property, a beach house, or whatever your life truly desires, don't pay for it, trade for it. If this is a brand that you want to be a part of, that you want to rock, look, go to www.tradeforyourself.com, click catalog, and go look at the products that I have. On top of that, I've got free shipping on all orders. So this is the perfect opportunity for you to rock up on a t-shirt like this. Look, remember, don't pay for it. Trade for it. I'm going to catch y'all later on the other side. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Trade For Yourself podcast, where my mission here is very simple. I just want to help you learn how to trade for yourself. Make sure you please like, please subscribe. Make sure that you please watch this episode from start to finish, okay? I promise you, you will not regret it. Please note, anything discussed in this episode is not financial advice, so please do your own research before investing into any stock. In this particular episode, we're going to talk about how I believe you should utilize the stock market as a savings account. So a lot of people in personal finance, they believe that we should have money in a savings account. Three to six months in an emergency fund in a savings account that way you can get to the money safely and you can access it for any purchase that you may have now me personally i believe that you should have a savings account i do believe that you should have a, an emergency fund but the one thing that i definitely do believe and this is a key core belief your money has to be working harder for you than you are working for it nine times out of ten the money in your savings account is not beating inflation if the money that you have is not beating inflation then it's not working harder for you than you are working for it every single investment that you have is designed to do something very very differently the money that i have in tesla is designed to perform differently than the money that I have in Apple. The money that I have in Apple is designed to perform differently from the money that I may have in my de facto savings account. The money that I have in my savings account is designed to perform differently than the money that I'm utilizing to trade options. But at the end of the day, every piece of money that I have has to be working harder for me than I am working harder for it. And it must be beating inflation. At the end of the day, you cannot beat inflation in a savings account. So in this particular episode, we're going to talk about how we are going to utilize the stock market as a savings account. Now, what I want to do, everybody, is I want to put into perspective and I want to put into context as to why I do not like savings accounts. Now, many people from a personal finance perspective may come after me and they may tell me, hey, what are you saying? What do you mean you don't like savings accounts? I'm going to explain to you why I don't. Okay, and this is just for me. This is not investment advice. This is just me personally, why I don't like savings accounts. Now, 
for perspective, these are some high yield online savings accounts. As you can see here, we have savings rates where we can get above 3%, 3.4%, 3.5%, 3.75%. We can get as high as 4.21% in these scenarios. And so with these high yield online savings accounts, these high yield online savings accounts are better than the interest rates that you can get for your for your other savings accounts, like savings accounts you would get at regional banks, like, you know, Regions Bank or your, your regional credit union or something like that. You'll be able to get better rates at these savings accounts. And I understand. And your money will be safe here. Your, your money is going to stay there. But this is the problem. The first reason why I don't like savings accounts is because the high yield savings account is better than a normal savings account, like I just said. But the problem is that you're still not beating inflation. Let's put this into perspective, everyone. CPI, the Consumer Price Index, which measures the cost for inflation, was 6.4% year over year. So you're not getting anywhere near that with a 3.75% interest rate. You're not beating inflation, okay? That's the first thing. This is what I'm going to tell you. Your money has to be working harder for you than you are working for it. And your money can't work harder for you than you're working for it if your money is getting eaten up by inflation. It's only going to hurt you over a period of time and over a long period of time, especially if that balance in your savings account never gets touched. Imagine if it never gets touched and that money just continues to eat away. It doesn't need to be in the savings account. Number two, the interest rate that we enjoy right here, 4.21% pretty much risk-free money. I, I will give you that. This is risk-free money. The problem is, is that it won't always be like this because these interest rates fluctuate. And remember, these interest rates fluctuate due to the federal funds rate, okay? The federal funds rate, has they've been raising that rate, okay? We've increased 450 basis points. The Fed has been has been continuously increasing that interest rate. But the 4.21% is still lower than the actual federal funds rate. But put this into perspective, all interest rates are higher. Interest rates for mortgages, interest rates for credit cards, interest rates for loans, right? All interest rates are higher, right? But this is the thing, interest rates will fluctuate and we don't know what the interest rates will be in two years or three years or five years. Every economist is telling us that there's a pretty high percentage that we're going to go into a recession. I can guarantee you this, if we go into a recession, this is what's going to happen. Interest rates are going to come down. Interest rates are going to come down. And when they come down, guess what? What if you get an interest rate that's about 1.75% or you get an interest rate that is 2%? If inflation is still hovering around 2 to 3%, you're still not going to be able to beat that rate of inflation. So it is safe to say that when you have a savings account, you will never beat the rate of inflation. You will never beat the rate of inflation. It will be very difficult for you to double your money. It's just going to be very, very difficult. And, and like I said, personal finance experts, they will come to me and they will say, well, the savings account is not designed to do that. Like I, like I said before, your money has to be working harder for you than you are working for it. The capital that I am deploying needs to be making some money and I cannot 
allow my money to just get eaten up by inflation. Number three, any savings account interest that you get, guess what? You're going to be taxed on it. You're going to be taxed on it. Savings account interest is taxed at the same rate as your earned income. The interest that you earn on regular savings, high yield savings, money market accounts, or certificates of deposit, which is another thing that I do not like, is reported on the IRS form on form 1099-INT. Now, let's put this into perspective. The interest that you are getting from savings from your savings account on money that is just sitting there is going to be taxed at the same rate as your earned income. So, so let's say your ordinary income tax rate was 22% or 24% or 28%, which is pretty much the average American, right? You're going to be taxed on that at a 28% clip. Now, you may say, well, Devon, that's not really that much money. But understand this from the perspective, understand the perspective. And, and this is why this is so important to me, because you're getting taxed on money in a savings account at a higher rate than somebody who is collecting a dividend payment from a company. Run that back again. Process that. I really want you to pick up what I am putting down with the, with a savings account. Technically speaking, understand the concept. It's the principle. It's not necessarily the money or it's not necessarily you may not be having that much money in that savings account. But what if that savings account goes from 10000 to 50000 What if that savings account gets from 50000 to 100000 right? You're being taxed at a higher rate on the savings account than someone who is collecting a dividend from a company. A dividend payment that they're collecting quarterly, you know, annually. That's what I'm trying to put into perspective. So if I'm being taxed on this money, <laughs> okay, so, so number one, I'm being taxed on the money. Number two, the interest rate that the savings account is giving me, I can't be promised it. And number three, the high yield savings account is not beating inflation. Those three reasons right there are telling me that that is not a very, very good use of my capital. And that's a reason why I personally do not like savings accounts. Okay, everybody. So if you clicked on this video, okay, if you clicked on this episode and you listened to it and you got to this point, this is the reason why you probably clicked on it. Okay. This is the way that I feel that you should be utilizing the stock market as a savings account. Instead of actually having a savings account, I believe that this ETF is the one that you should be purchasing and you should be housing your savings in a brokerage account, not a savings account, in a brokerage account. And this is the Schwab US Dividend Equity ETF, ticker symbol SCHD. And the expense ratio is 0.06%. That is a very, very low expense ratio, okay? Let's put this expense ratio into perspective. Let's say you have a 401k. 90% of people that have 401ks, and I really want you to do this. I want you to go look at your 401k if you have one. I want you to see what you are investing in. I bet you that you are invested into a target date fund. I know that you are invested into a target date fund if there is a date beside the fund's name. I guarantee you that the expense ratio that you have on that particular fund is probably higher than this expense ratio. So this is very, very low when we're talking about the entire industry, this is what I like. Now, let's talk about what is this ETF and why I believe it could be utilized 
as a pretty good savings account. What's the objective? The fund's goal is to track as closely as possible before fees and expenses, the total return of the Dow Jones US 100 index, right? It's a straightforward, low-cost fund offering potential tax efficiency, right? The tax efficiency is very, very important because the dividends that you collect and the dividends that you reinvest, once they become long-term capital gains, you'll be getting them at a better tax rate than you will be from a regular old savings account. Number two, the fund can serve as part of the core or complement a diversified portfolio. I believe in a diversified portfolio. I believe you should own Tesla. I believe you should own AMD. I believe you should own Apple, right? I believe you should own Pepsi. I believe you should own Procter & Gamble. I believe you should own Waste Management. I believe in a diversified portfolio. And this particular ETF is a good way for you to have a diversified portfolio. Number three, it tracks an index focused on the quality and the sustainability of dividends. We're going to go through the holdings in this particular ETF, and you're going to see what I'm talking about when I'm talking about quality. This ETF is all about quality, right? It may not get the best returns, even though it gives some pretty good returns, and you're going to be surprised the returns that you see, but I'm telling you, this ETF has the quality that you're going to need when you're talking about investing into the stock market. And number four, it invests in stocks that are selected for fundamental strength relative to their peers based on financial ratios. When I talked about how do you pick good stocks, okay, the how do you pick good stocks episode, I talked about picking stocks that are, that are the best in their industry. This ETF houses stocks that are the best in their industry. I promise you on that. Now, let's take a look at the returns for this particular ETF. Now, this particular ETF started on October 20th, 2011. So it has some time. And I believe that it's withstood the test of time because it's been around over 10 years. So I believe that it's withstood the test of time. I want us to focus on the top price, okay? I want us to focus on the market price. Don't worry about all of these prices down here at the bottom. Just worry about the prices at the top row. Now, let's look at what it's done so far this year. Now, we know the stock market had a very good start to the year. So year to date, at the time of this episode, this ETF is up 2.08%, which is very, very good, right? It's, it's very, very good and something that you should understand. Now, let's look at the annualized returns, okay? What has the stock been doing over the course of time? Over the last year, this stock is up 1.56%, okay? That, that's very, very good. It's, and even though we've been through the year that we've been through in 2022, like, like, like let's just put 2022 into perspective because I really want to put this into perspective for a second here. 2022, from a historical perspective, was literally one of the worst years that we had in the market, right? We're talking about 2022 had the worst year that had the worst year of the 60-40 portfolio going back to 1936 the worst year since 1936, right? How long ago was that? How long ago was that? Like, put that into perspective. We went through one of the worst years in the history of the stock market, but over the last one year period, this particular stock is still up 1.56%. So what this tells me is that 
even though it goes through the depths and the valleys of everything that's going on, this particular stock is going to be able to hold its value. So if you want to be able to have this money in a savings, so, so if you want to utilize this as a savings account, which I believe is a good idea, think about it from this perspective. This stock was able to hold its value during one of the worst years in history. That should make you feel good about holding this particular stock. Over the last three years, it's up 14.54%. Over the last five years, it's up 11.16%. Over the last 10 years, it's up 13.35%. So this particular stock has been giving you very, very solid returns. Now, very quickly, let's do, let's do a comparison to the S&P 500 year to date. The S&P 500 is up 6.28%. Okay, so it's up it's up much. It's up way more than what this particular ETF is, but that's fine. But over the last year, the S&P 500 is down 8.22%. So it's down much significantly. So, so so let's say for example, let's say you were using the S&P 500 for example as a savings account. Over the last year, you will be down 8.22%. But with the Schwab ETF, you will be up, right? Over the last three three years, 9.88%, Schwab did better. 9.54% over the last five years, Schwab did better. Over the last 10 years, 12.68%, Schwab did better. Schwab did better in all of these particular aspects. So I really want you to put all this into perspective. The S&P 500 is a great place for you to be. This is not to poo-poo on the S&P 500, but this is what I want you to understand. The Schwab ETF is all about quality, right? It's about dividends, right? It provides a very, very solid dividend. We're, we're talking about over 3% from a dividend yield perspective, which is great, right? It's, it's great when you think about it. And so... When you put this into perspective, I believe that this Schwab U.S. dividend ETF is a very, very good asset to your portfolio. The money that is sitting in your in your emergency fund that, that's just sitting there, that, that's just growing, it should be doing something. I understand that it's there for emergencies and I understand that it's only there for a rainy day and things of that nature. But again... I'm going to I'm going to continue to keep harping on this that money has got to be working harder for you than you are working for it and I want you to get the I want you to get all you can get from your money. And okay, so I'm about to show you all a chart of how the performance has been for this particular ETF. And this is going to show us the cumulative growth of a $10,000 investment. Now, this particular chart right here is just for illustration purposes only, okay? This is not to sit up here and tell you that you're going to be able to get this same investment or whatnot. Now, I want to tell you this. I know that I've talked a lot about how I don't like savings accounts in this episode. But at the same time, I'm not going to give you an incomplete picture. I'm going to make sure that you have a complete picture and you have all the information so you can make sure that you are able to make a decision for yourself. But I'm telling you right now that, you know, I like this chart. And the, the reason why I like this chart is because it's continually moving up and to the right and we're continuing to add value. Now, I also want to provide more context, okay, when we're looking at this particular picture. 
2013 to 2023 is arguably, and, and, and if we look at the statistics, it may be one of the best, it may, it may be one of the best subset, like one of the best 10-year performances that the stock market has ever had. I know that we had some great performances in the 90s. I know we had some great performances in the 80s. I think we had some decent performances in the 50s and whatnot. But this may have this may be one of the best runs that the S&P 500 has ever been on. So I also want to put that into perspective as well. But this is what I want you to look at. Like I said, focus on the blue line up and to the right your money is going to be continuously growing when it's in this particular etf right it's going to be continuously growing in this particular etf you're going to have times to where it comes down and the value of the etf drops like like it, like it is down here in 2018 but the value came right back up in less than a year dropping down value continuing to come back up in less than a year the worst return period that we had in 2020, the value came down, but the but the return came back up in less than a year. Think about what we were doing in 2022. We were at all time highs in 2022. The market was was in full, you know, ju jubilation was in full euphoria, all time high. We came down and we had a horrible drop in September and October. The market lows that they were bad, but guess what? We came back up and now we're pretty much back at an all-time high from this particular ETF perspective. I'm not even talking about from the S&P 500 perspective. We're talking about this particular ETF. This one makes this particular ETF so, so, so freaking special because we're talking about, look at, look at that drop. This was a mean drop, 35,000 to below 30,000. That is not anything to play with. That is nothing to play with, but guess what? We're back to all-time highs on this particular ETF and this particular investment. So I'm telling you, you're going to deal with the valleys, you're going to deal with the lows, but you're also going to be able to get your returns back. I promise you, if you just continue to be patient. Okay, now, like I said, down here, I want us to focus on this very quickly here because I want to give you a complete respect. I want to give you a complete perspective here. I want to give you a complete picture here. The worst three months returns that we had was from December 2019 to March 31st, 2020. The ETF dropped 21 and a half percent. It wasn't good. But the best three months return that we had was from January 2021 to April 2021 in 18 plus percent return but this is what i want to tell you though let's let's also continue to put that into perspective as well remember we're talking about a 10-year we're talking about 10-year time horizon here 10-year body of work this is a body of work and when you've been when you look at something over a 10-year period we're talking about looking at what has withstood the test of time okay the worst three-month period that we had was in 2019 to 2020 the best three month period that we had was in 2021 so the worst and the best returns that we had was within the last three to four years right so what that tells us is that the market has been very volatile over the last three to four years but at the same time though is still being able to do the etf is still being able to do what it is designed to do so 
you have to give it the time, right? You have to give it the time, right? This is not an ETF that that is going to make you rich overnight, right? It's not going to make you get rich quick. But again, like I said, I think that this ETF is a good opportunity for us to utilize this as a savings account. And I'm going to go over the holdings of this ETF. And I want you to look at the holdings of this ETF. And that's going to provide even more perspective in terms of why I believe that this is a good ETF to have as a savings account. Okay, everybody. So these are the top 10 holdings in this particular ETF. I'm going to run through these companies very quickly. Broadcom. Verizon, Cisco Systems, Texas Instruments, Home Depot, Merkin Company, Lockheed Martin, Pepsi, PepsiCo, BlackRock, and Coca-Cola. Now, I'm going to tell you, you should feel very, very good about these holdings in this particular ETF. And there's three reasons why I want you to feel good about these. Number one, now let's put this into perspective, okay? There's a mix of dividend growth companies that are they're continuing to grow their dividends year over year. There are dividend aristocrats and there are dividend kings. So for example, let's talk about a company like Home Depot. Home Depot is a dividend aristocrat. Okay, what is a dividend aristocrat? A dividend aristocrat is a company that has paid a dividend and grown the dividend for 25 straight years or more. Home Depot has done that, right? That is something that we need to understand. And this is why this is important. Understand that they have been continuing to pay the dividend and grow the dividend for 25 years. So what does that mean? Number one, that means they never cut the dividend. That means through every economic environment, through COVID 2020, through the global financial crisis, the worst crisis since the Great Depression, through the through the through the dot com bubble, right? They were continuing to pay the dividend. Okay, Home Depot, dividend aristocrat. That makes me feel very very good. Okay, that goes back to the quality piece that I was speaking about before. This ETF has straight quality. Coca Cola right? One of Warren Buffett's most favorite companies, right? What is Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola is a dividend king. What is a dividend king? A dividend king is a company that has paid a dividend for 50 years and increased the dividend for 50 years, okay? Coca-Cola for over 50 years has been paying a dividend. So now we have to put this into, in, into total perspective, right? Over 50 years, we're talking about global financial crisis. We're talking about COVID. We're talking about dot-com bubble. We're talking about Black Monday. We're talking about the worst, the worst inflation period that we had in the 80s. We're talking about recessions that we had in the 70s. We're talking about Coca-Cola has been paying a dividend through all of that. That's the type of quality that we're talking about in this particular ETF. That's why I feel good about having it. Number number two, this is the thing: you're only gonna have quality ET. You're only gonna have quality companies in this particular ETF. But this is the thing: in a worst case scenario, y'all, in a worst case scenario, all of these companies right here are not going to cut their dividends all at the same time. I would argue with you. I have not done the research on every single company, but I would argue with you that there is probably not one company in here that has ever cut their dividend. 
that makes me feel even better because I'm because I am associated with quality. I'm investing my money in quality. I understand that I am being fixated and I am being inserted and I am being associated with quality. So my money is going to be where it needs to be. It may not be up all the time, but I'm telling you, if you keep that money here for a long period of time and continue to add to it, it's definitely going to serve to you as a very, very quality savings account. And number three, I don't have to be a stock picker and I don't have to be the best dividend stock picker. Guess what? I'm getting at least a 3% dividend from this particular ETF. All of these particular stocks, they all pay out varying levels of dividends, right? If there's a stock that pays out a 4.5% dividend that, that, I, that I may really want, right? If I choose to buy that particular stock, guess what? I get to take on the risk of that particular stock. And that particular stock, what, may, what, what might it do? That particular stock, it might go bankrupt. It's a possibility, right? This particular stock, it may, it may slide off from the dividend growth category. It may not be growing its, div its dividend as much. It may slide off from the dividend aristocrat category. It may it may stop paying its dividend after the 26th or the 27th year. It may slide off as a dividend king. It might stop paying dividends after the 50th year or the 52nd year or the 75th year, right? But if I have an ETF that has a collection of dividend companies, I don't have to worry about one particular dividend company folding on me because I have a whole host of dividend companies that are on my side that I'm associated with that has the quality. And so it makes me feel good that I have dividend companies, quality dividend companies. And that's the thing. I really want you to understand. And this, and this is a word that I want you to take away from this particular episode, quality. When you're investing into the stock market, you have to understand what is quality. If, if you're going to be investing into a singular ETF, you're going to have to understand what is quality. If you're going to if you're going to be able to 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 invest into a high growth stock that is very, very volatile, you're going to have to be able to identify and be able to categorize quality. And so I'm telling you, this particular ETF can put you into a position to where you can make it to the next level. So at the end of the day, and this is just my personal belief. I do not believe that you should have any money in a savings account. Any emergency fund that you have should be in a brokerage account. It should be in a brokerage account and it should be invested in a stock like ticker symbol SCHD, the Schwab US Dividend ETF, or if you're feeling really froggy, even just the S&P 500 itself, like ticker symbol SPY or ticker symbol SPLG, something like that. Because again, I always believe that the money has to be working harder for you than you are working for it. The money in your savings account at the end of the day, whether we like it or not, is going to lose money due to inflation. And if you keep it there for a long period of time, you're going to lose way more money in that long period of time than you would in Schwab or you would in the S&P 500 over a short period of time, a short dip, a short blip that 
that happens in the market all the time and we just have to be able to deal with as an investor. As always, I really, really, really appreciate you all for tapping into another episode of the Trade For Yourself podcast. Make sure you like this. Make sure that you please subscribe. Make sure that you hit that notification bell so you can be in the know every single time that I drop an episode. And please make sure that whenever you listen to one of my episodes, please watch it from start to finish. I promise you that I work my hardest to provide you all the supreme value so you will not waste your time, so you can utilize something that you can execute on, implement, utilize the information so you can pretty much just make building wealth a priority for your life. As always, remember, don't pay for it. Trade for it. I'm going to tap in with y'all in the next episode.